Our speaker this morning, Rabbi Brian Zachary Mayer, grew up on the small island of Manhattan. He studied architecture and, as we saw, magic. He excelled in school and all things rational. But he was destined, despite what seemed to him to be his own free will, to become a rabbi. And he did. He full-timed at a congregation for close to four years before dropping out. He transitioned back to school, picking up another master's degree, this one in education, and teaching inner-city kids mathematics, life, and love. After moving to Portland, where he taught at DeSalle North Catholic, his calling urged him to serve an even more needy community, intelligent, rational folk who struggle with some spiritual fitness. He does so through writing and speaking for the not-for-profit Religion Outside the Box. Today, he addresses our congregation of intelligent, rational folk on spiritual fortitude, what it takes to live through chaotic times. Rabbi Brian. Any questions? No. I think, um, well, first, thank you for having me. I love Unitarians, Unitarian Universalists, um, a group so altruistic that you named yourself in the doubling of the second person singular pronoun. <laughs> How's that for an intellectual joke? <laughs> I wrote that special for you. <laughs> you use. I, and I also wrote this one, but I didn't think it was quite as funny, which was you could do, instead of you use, you could do U squared, which might be a little too accurate. <laughs> there is a joke that I've shared in the past about Unitarian Universalists, Unitarians, as you're all now known, um, that says that there's a sign that says this way to heaven. And there's the other sign that says this way to a discussion on heaven. <laughs> Y'all are going this way. I'm here to say we're going this way. Um, and it only felt fair to me. Uh, I lost my pen. I can't think well without my pen. It only seems fair to me to make a joke about another group if I can make one equally about my own. So the same joke, but a group of Jews come to a sign that says this way to heaven, this way to a discussion on heaven, and the Jews all say, who put up that sign? <laughs> I wrote that joke. <laughs> I was supposed to have a special guest, and I am um, going to spin that, because that didn't happen as I had wanted it to. And I'm um, somewhat disappointed, and I, I did some research and tried to figure out how can I make this up to you, because um, I had promised something that's not happening. And I uh, saw there was a story of a monastery that was doing very poorly, and they were losing monks, and they kept losing monks until one day one of the monks came across an old rabbi. And I, I promise I'm not changing the story. The story actually has monks and a rabbi in it. And, and the... Monks, the head abbot says to the rabbi, what do we do? And the rabbi says, don't worry, because I have found, I have been told by the prophet Elijah that one of the monks in, your, in the monastery is actually 
um, a reincarnation of Jesus and is going to bring the world to peace. And the head abbot goes back and starts treating everyone differently and tells people this story that one of you is actually a reincarnation and will bring about peace. And then as everyone then has to treat each other, they all start treating each other better and better until the monastery becomes flourishing and everyone's kind to another. And I thought maybe I could do the same thing here and say there's a special guest who was supposed to come is you. One of you. And it's only when we see each other truly in the image of the divine. So I'm going to take that out. And I apologize for not having the, the other special guests. In Jewish tradition, we also always have an empty chair. And always in any congregation, the front row is always empty. I don't know how to not put those chairs there. They're just wasted. But if you get rid of them, you, you know. Okay. Back to where I was. So we always have a chair open and the idea in Judaism is that you always have a chair empty to expect the Messiah, to expect that God would be here. And so without getting too theological on your Unitarians for you, um, I'm going to welcome the divine to be here with us. Good. Now any questions? I, I taught high school for years I'm used to being heckled. I also have worked with a lot of Jews. So, same, same thing. You guys are very polite. Okay. That was my introductory remarks. Very good. Spiritual fortitude, what it takes to live through chaotic times. I'm going to address a number of uh, topics, and I'm thinking of it as a, a buffet, where the first time you go to the buffet, you're going to take a little bit of everything, and then you're going to find out what you liked, and then you're going to go back for more of that. So that's going to be our strategy here. Um, I also found this to be very interesting that I'm, I'm going to be talking to you, and I don't know anything about you. Hey, we'd like you to address an entire group of people, but you have no clue what's really going on in their lives before you arrive and find out a few things. But go ahead and address them. So this is a little odd, right? How do I know what to say? Well, I did get some hints because some people did send me and they said, how can we be, I, I uh, emailed Salima and, and George and they gave me some hints as to what might be on your minds and maybe I'm just going to address the two of them. <laughs> they said, how can we be tolerant of intolerance? Should we be? How can we find common ground with those who seem to inhabit a different thinking? How can we this is good. How can we persuade those who seem to speak different language than us to want to listen? How can we spread a gospel of tolerance? Love is strong, but is it strong enough for us to work so that to do the work we need to do? And how can we make that so? So that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, little introduction of me, Rabbi Brian. This will be one of the best talks you've ever heard. <laughs> Just put that out there. It might help. Um, can't hurt. I hope you leave here with a sense of love, honesty, having learned something and been inspired. I hope that's why you came. Is there anyone here who came with the hopes of being in a worse mood, angry, or sad? Anyone? 
Just two. That's fine. You won't be disappointed. Um, okay. So let's, let, me, let me first start with... I have some other notes here, but I don't like any of those. Okay. Faith, how do we deal... Spiritual fitness, what it takes to live through chaotic times. I came up with four answers. Faith, love, anger, and gratitude. Faith, love, anger, and gratitude. Um, not that you need to be angry, but the more we learn about anger, the better we can diminish it. Uh, an improved understanding of anger that leads to its diminution. Okay, so faith, love, anger, and gratitude. Those are the four ideas I have of what it takes to live through chaotic times. But I, I'm going to start with this. I think often when there's a topic, we know what not to do. So, what do you know in this chaotic time in which we... Oh, question. How many of you, um, by a show of hands, have hands? <laughs> Good. They teach you, as your teacher, you're supposed to start with a question everyone can answer. Show of hands, how many of you think you have free will to raise your hand if you wanted to? That's a trick question. Because <laughs> you couldn't. Right, okay, good. Um, how many of you know what not to do to get through chaotic times? Show of hands, how many of you know what doesn't work? <laughs> Thank you. No, you haven't tried everything, but you are trying some things. And for answering out loud, you get a sticker. Petty bribery works. There you go. Um, what have you tried that hasn't worked? What have you tried that doesn't work? Yeah. One thing that doesn't work is um, reading absolutely everything on the front page, even the front page. Yeah. I love everything. And so being a news junkie. Yeah. Now I don't want to get between you and your bottom. But if you know what not to do and you do it anyway, I ain't going to stop you. If you know, like you figure it out from here, but if you know full well that paying attention to the news is not helping you, I'm just going to leave it be real silent there. You're all adults. What else do we know doesn't work? Yes, ma'am. Worry. Oh, yeah. That's hard not to do, but you get a sticker anyway. What else do we know? So follow the news, worry. What do you got, my friend? Yes, sir. Panic. Panic. Talking yeah. Over people. Talk, say again. Talking over, people. Talking over people. Shouting at people. How many people have found anger to work? One. Okay, good. <laughs> How many people have found anger does not work? How many people, keep your hands up, have nonetheless tried anger? More hands went up for that. I don't understand how that's possible. I want to talk about anger for a second. This is a brilliant quote by a man named Shantideva. Shantideva lived in the 8th century in India. He was a monk at Nalanda University. Um, and you might think, well, that's cool. But 8th century monk, what would he have? Like, that has nothing to do with now. It does. He said something which is brilliant and it helps me to know there are two causes to anger. There are two, there, everything you have ever been angry about in your life and everything you will ever be angry in your life 
is one of two things. And I find if I know why I'm getting angry, then it's easier not to get angry. Ready for those two things? We get angry when we get what we don't want, and we get angry when we don't get what we want. I'm going to say that again. We get angry when we get what we don't want, and then we reverse it. And we get angry when we don't get what we want. The candidate I wanted didn't win in some election recently. My brother-in-law is not listening to me. I get angry. Why? Because I'm either... What were the two things? Getting what I don't want. My brother-in-law is yelling at me. Fantastic. Or not getting what I want. Isn't that pretty simple? It's lovely. The two reasons we get angry. Let's stick with anger for another moment. Why do people shout at each other? I'll answer that. Do you know why people shout at each other? This is a great story. You might notice a distinct lack of um, Jewish sources from which I'm quoting right now. That's fine. There's a story of a a Hindu uh, teacher who's walking along with his disciples. And I I think that's weird to have, like, people following you who are your disciples, but that's how the story goes. But the disciples are following along. And they come across two people shouting at each other. And the teacher says, why are they shouting at each other? They're so close to each other. And the disciple said, we have no idea why they're shouting at each other. Why don't you tell us? You're the teacher. And the teacher says, the reason they're shouting at each other is they're trying to make up for, in volume, the distance of their hearts. Oh. Why do we shout? We want to be heard. I only shout at my kids when my heart's not in the right place. When I get my heart in the right place, I have a lot more patience. I also want to do a little shout out because this woman, Joanne Nordland, taught me so much about parenting. Do you all know that? Yeah. 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 We shout at each other to make up for the... We make up in volume for the distance in our hearts. I've got to go look at my notes for a second. But so far, we've learned a few things already. This was worth the price of admission, was it not? <laughs> we learned a few things, and I do them in different places. First, what did we learn here? There were two reasons. You get angry. You got those. And then we learned over here why people shout. What did we learn? When your heart's not close to someone else's heart, it's hard. It's really hard when you're feeling yourself get angry and we just want to feel bigger, right? Because usually when we feel angry, it's because somebody made us feel small or something and didn't go. So we're trying to make ourselves feel bigger so we want to shout at that other person. And it's really hard at that moment to go, oh, I've got to remember what that rabbi said. Okay, good. Anger. Mm-hmm. Questions so far? Okay. We're doing well. Well, then we've got to get to love. Good. It's really quiet. <laughs> okay. You know, in the, in, the, in the, this is the work of a woman. So here's the Jewish part. 
Jewish part is you always have to quote who you're quoting. You, I can't tell you anything that it wasn't mine, like the joke I made. But the rest of it, I got to tell you who said it. So this is the work of a woman named Kath, Kathleen, Catherine Schultz, and she talks about making mistakes. And she talks about that moment that um, Wiley Coyote goes over the cliff. And he, just imagine, and I'm still walking here, right? And he goes like four or five steps out still, and then looks straight at the camera, and goes, and then falls. Okay, so she talks about that moment, and she, she asks this question. What does it feel like? What's your name? Molly. Molly. That was the easy question you can answer easily. Here comes the harder one. Molly, what's it feel like when you make a mistake? Shameful. Shameful. You get a sticker. Brent, what's it feel like when you make a mistake? Educational. Educational. God bless you. You get two stickers. <laughs> I hate to say do this, but um, here, I'm going to give you extra stickers because you're both wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because you guys answered the question that everyone's answering, which isn't the question I asked. And this is what Catherine Schultz points out. You answered the question... What does it feel like when you found out you made a mistake? But what's it feel like when you make the mistake? It doesn't feel like nothing. Here's Wiley Coyote. He's like, run, 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 run. And he goes out three more steps, not realizing he made a mistake. When I taught math, I'd be like, Why'd you drop the negative sign on the third step of the equation? Well, why do you think I dropped the negative sign on the third step of the equation? I didn't realize I dropped the negative sign on the third step of the... My wife doesn't always understand when I make a mistake that I wasn't intending harm. My children, when they make a mistake, as recently as two hours ago with a thing of mushrooms coming out of the fridge. Why'd you knock the mushrooms off the top shelf of the fridge, Annie? Well, Dad, I didn't mean to, right? She was going for the pizza because she likes cold pizza for breakfast. She's eight years old. God bless her. She's growing up so fast. <laughs> so what's it feel like when we make a mistake? Nothing. Now, here's the bad news about that. I've got to make sure we all understand that part first because we're going to level up. What's it feel like when you make a mistake? You don't feel anything. Now, here's where it's going to be horrible. What's that mean then? Let me come back up here so we have a placeholder for that. What's it mean when somebody makes a mistake against you, Molly? When they do something against you, did they mean to? Or can you get it in your head that they simply drop the negative sign? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That's a Jewish source, right? <laughs> I think at the time he was still Jewish, right? <laughs> do you get the idea of religion outside the box now? Right, because if this is all the same, I had a earmuffs. If we still have kids in the room, 
I had a Buddhist friend who said about different religions, he said, same shit, different shovels. <laughs> Buddhists have the best way of putting things. <laughs> so making a mistake, I had a classroom once. And then we're going to move on to our political adversaries. I had a classroom once and they, senior prank day, they got into the school early and they took all of the furniture in every teacher's room, piled it into the... You've, you've done that? Okay, good. You get a sticker. Okay. They put all of the furniture in the middle of the room. In every room. And then they wrote on my whiteboard... Mr. Rabbi, because I thought that was my name. <laughs> Mr. Rabbi, we're sorry. We didn't mean to do this. <laughs> but we did it to all the other classrooms. Please forgive us. The senior class, la la, 2012. And then they didn't show up that day. And got what I didn't want, <laughs> right? Majorly didn't get what I want. I'm fuming. My first period class becomes a therapy group for me to, to detox. And then my second period class, I'm talking to them about it too. And I realized then they didn't know what they were doing. How do I know they didn't know what they were doing? Because they did it. And even though they had written, we're sorry, we didn't mean to. And you want to know the best thing the next day when they were there? I didn't care. I forget. I was like, guys, you made a mistake. They're like, aren't you mad? I'm like, not anymore. And they felt horrible. <laughs> it wasn't the goal of it. That was like a like the whipped cream on top of the ice cream. The ice cream's the thing. It was great, but I wasn't mad anymore. Okay, so now let's bring it to the people with whom we disagree politically. Shaming them won't work. I'm going to say that two more times. Shaming them won't work. Nobody learns in shame. The only thing we can do is, is love. You all know that. Okay. I'm, questions. This is a horrible thing. Yes, ma'am. Did not mean to do it. Correct. They, 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 they do mean it. They don't mean it. They can't. I have to. I have to believe in my heart. And maybe, maybe it's because I grew up across the street from John Lennon and we were drinking the same water. But I have to believe that they're just Wiley Coyote doing the wrong thing. I have to believe that. 
I don't have to believe that. I do believe that. I, I, I can't... I can't shame them. I can't be angry at them. I, I know that won't work. Because I have never in my life when anyone's yelling at me gone, oh yeah, boy, I made a big mistake. And so the only thing I can do is to refriend people on Facebook. And to, yeah. And to write a note to them that says, please dig this. Please forgive me. Because I dehumanized you. I made it as though you don't exist to me. And you are too important to be ignored. I have to. Now that's close quote there, right? I have to be the one to see their humanity. Even if they won't see mine. If this is a group of religious people, and it is, and we believe any of the words that we were saying and singing, it is have to be about love. And we have to love even our enemies. I ain't the first rabbi to say that. Yeah. When the Nazis came into Yeah. Jews, yes, sir. That was a mistake. I don't know how to make sense out of it. I don't know how to make sense out of it at all. I got nothing, my friend. I got nothing. I had some anti-Semitic graffiti outside my house. And I, I, I didn't know what to do with it, except all I could think was the kids who wrote it, the adults who wrote it, must be mistaken. They must be mistaken. They must not mean that. How can they hate me and my children? They don't know me. They must be wrong. Why must they be wrong? What are my other choices? I have a friend who said, next time they march with uh, tiki torches, we should all bring flamethrowers. No, sorry, we should all bring, we should all bring hairspray. And I said, no. And he said, why not? They're Nazis. I said, because they're still human beings. I don't like what I'm saying. I, do, I, I, I believe it, but I don't... This, is, this isn't... It's not easy to say. It's not easy to say. How many stickers do you want? You have a whole bunch. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to make sense out of it when we get to the level of Nazis. I don't. But I do know... I do know that love has to win. And that I have to be the person who stands up for love. And, and I mentioned before, part of a spiritual life is having a hierarchy of values. And my hierarchy of values has to have love at the top. And revenge and comeuppance and all that's got to be much lower down. Feeling moral indignation has got to be lower down. Love has to be at the top. I'm going to read you a quote. It's from Rumi. And he said this. 
He said, there's one thing in this world you must never forget to do. If you forget this, and I'm sorry. There's one thing in the world you must never forget to do. If you forget everything else and not this, there's nothing to worry about. But if you remember everything else and forget this, then you will have done nothing in your life. He went on. It's as if a king sent you in some country to do a task and you perform a hundred other services, but not the one thing you were sent to do. So human beings come to this world to do particular work. That work, the purpose is each is each specific to the person. If you don't do it, it's as though a priceless Indian sword were used to slice rotten meat. It's a golden bowl used to cook turnips when one filling bowl could be filled with a suitable pots. It's like a knife with the finest tempering nailed on the wall to hang things on. There's one thing we need to do, Rumi says. This is also quoted in the movie City Slickers. <laughs> and Jack Plant said there's one thing. And I think you know what that one thing is. I know you do. I know it. We have to do it. We are called to do it. Okay. Quick announcements. There's some um, clipboards outside and downstairs because I'm going to ask you for some feedback because I want to grow. I was going to ask you what you like, what didn't you like, what would you like more of. So please fill that out. And also downstairs, if you like my style, I got some book. It's called my Fun Theology Workbook. <laughs> it is the best interactive theology workbook on the market. <laughs> there are two, okay? way better than that other one. Um, other announcement. Also, if you fill out the uh, survey and you give me your email address, I'll sign you on to my newsletter that comes out 40 out of 52 weeks a year. And I know a number of people who are here get that, and I thank you all for being part of that. I thank you guys for having me here, and we will conclude our service now. And thank you, Rabbi Brian.